This is a JesusFreakHighlight.com podcast. John and Amy DiBiase interviewed Andrew Schwab of Project 86. Are you guys working on any music on? We're just about to start. That's kind of the next thing on the docket uh, right after uh, this week. We've been talking about it uh, over the last month. So. You haven't started working on anything yet, it's just kind of pre production. Just talking about it. Pre pre. Do you have any ideas? Like, is there something that you've been thinking about that you, you kind of want to do with this record? Like, uh, something you haven't done yet? Or I would like to do a heavier record than our last record. I'm not necessarily in control of that, neither are the other guys. And, and, the, the approach for us has always been, you know, write what comes out, and whatever right. comes out, comes out. Because uh, you can't really control or force things, you know? You know, the way we're relating to one another and the music that we're into at the time is, is, is kind of what comes out. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of what my heart's at. I mean, I, I always gravitate towards the, the heavier stuff. Um, I would always much rather scream and sing, you know? But I like singing, too. Like, I love trying new things. And uh, as a, you know... Talk to different people like about rival factions and stuff, and it's been really well received, like in the press and and by people who maybe weren't as familiar with our band before, or maybe weren't as into the older stuff, you know. Yeah. And then all the like diehard fans are like, "Oh, it's not heavy enough," or right. whatever. So I mean, you can't please everyone. Can't please everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and all we can do is is make music that we like. You know what I mean? And, and kind of let the chips fall from there. But I definitely want to do. A heavy record, you know, or more intense, angrier. I don't know what <laughs> what word you want to use, yeah. but you know, uh, that's where my heart's at. We the last couple of records, we've definitely experimented with a lot of different sounds, yeah. and melodic and, and stuff like that. I, I definitely don't want to re- repeat ourselves in any way, and I think that's what's been good, and that's what what's given us a lengthy career is the fact that you know I think everyone can always count on us to do something. Different every time around. Like, Maintaining artistic integrity. Yeah, and dude, if we if we made five drawn black lines, yeah. by the second or third one, people would start getting bored. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, people are asking for a heavier record, but if you actually gave it to them, they'd probably be like, "Well, oh, this is the same thing again." You know, they'll be like, they'll just get bored of it probably right off the bat. Be like, you oh, can't win. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you can't win. <laughs> And, and you know what, honestly, man, you know, being on this side of it, the most you can hope for is some great songs on every record. Right. And I feel like we've done that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, even the greatest bands, I mean, your favorite band, I mean, unless it's like the Beatles or something. <laughs> I mean, my top five bands, I still, like, look at every record, I'm like, there's three or four songs that I love, and then there's some that I skip, That's you know right. what I mean, eventually. You know? Like, the Royal Factions, I think my favorite track was Fortune. I think that's mine too. Really? Yeah. And uh, and then my second was uh, Pretty Lips. It's a good jam. I really like Molotov because it's so different. Yeah. See, so the thing that I um, like, I honestly like every track, but then there's those, and it's funny because like, you're in the mood for the heavier songs, and it's like, all right, well, where would I go from here? You know? So I actually end up making, um, one of my favorite records right now is a mix of project songs where Thanks, it starts out, starts out with forces and then the... Um, so I always forget that you genuinely listen to our band, so that's oh, yeah, cool. Definitely. Was the EP a good experience for you guys? Yeah, because it, it was just very uh, low maintenance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, you know, w- with a traditional release, there's so much setup um, that goes into it because of dealing with retail. 
with iTunes, you just give them the music and then put it up. Yeah. Now, for the fans, it wasn't the best experience because there was all these logistical things. iTunes has not streamlined their whole system yet. They're, you know, they're, they're not like, they weren't on time with posting the, the EP. Yep. The booklet wasn't up and there was yeah. problems. There was all kinds of problems. Then international was delayed. And even now, I'm being told it's only available internationally in Canada. So that's one of the next battles we still have to fight is getting that available completely abroad. Right. So I mean, dealing with that has been a challenge um, in that respect. But for a way to get music out to fans faster, it worked great because you know low we co low cost, low cost. yeah it, it, you know you're cutting out some of the middleman type of thing and, and uh, our goal with the EP and the reason why we did is we wanted to take a few of the songs you know from the rival factions that we didn't put on the record right. or that either because they didn't, we didn't feel like they fit the album as a whole or you know not because they were B sides but just because you know uh, the Kane Meet Me and uh, yeah those two songs we were really happy with. We just didn't felt like feel like they fit on on the you know, at the time. And I, I think in retrospect, the King Mutiny could have been a good track number one, and that's what we thought of it as initially when we wrote the song. Oh, it's gonna be track one. And then when we recorded it, it was one of those songs. There's certain songs that come together really well, and there's other ones that are kind of arduous. And that was a really arduous song to get it to where we were finished with it, and happy with it. And by that time, we were just kind of sour on it. And you start losing your ear for it when you start... Because I re-recorded that song vocally like four times. Really? Yeah, and just because I wasn't happy with the lyrics, or I wasn't happy with how certain things sounded, or I wanted to try a different approach. Yeah. And finally, we are just like, dude, we're over that. You know what I mean? And now, in retrospect, I'm like, um, maybe we should put that on the record. You know? But it worked out because it's like instead of a year, year and a half, or whatever, in between releases... Here's some new music for the fans yeah. midway through our album cycle. Yeah. So in that sense, it was it was a cool thing. Yeah. And uh, anyways, it, it was a good experience. The, the best part of it was record, recording uh, Lucretia because it's a cover song cool, yeah. and it's fun recording a song that isn't your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you could just it's an interpretation. Would you do that again? Uh, right, what like another cover song? Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And we did that Christmas song right after yeah. that. And then that was, was a great cover? experience. That was cover. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I never heard the original. The original is drastically different. Really? Yeah. You should listen to it. It's it's same name this time of year by Brenda Lee. Look it, look, <laughs> yeah, look it look it up uh, on iTunes. Awesome. You can download it. That's um, our version was a little bit more Nightmare Before Christmas. So. That's cool. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. It'd be really fun to do an entire Christmas record with that kind of vibe. Or at least an EP. Like yeah, like a Christmas EP with yeah. all those kinds of songs. Now, what do you think about? Um, I mean, well, let's put it this way. The packaging for Rival Factions is one of the coolest, you know, disc packages I've seen Thanks, in man. years. And at least I can think of uh, in recent memory, too. Um, and it, it, it pains me even more about the digital era where there's no need for CD packaging mm -hmm. anymore. Because, you know, back when CDs first came out and, you know, you, you, you saved up, you bought a record, you know, it was yours. You open up the CD, you know, you spend the time reading everything and looking at it and stuff like that. And nowadays, kids get the instant gratification, just a digital song by itself, and you don't really have that full package. And I don't know. If I, see, I personally love taking out a book and holding it and reading right. along and looking at right, exactly. it because it's a visual representation of right. the music. I remember just like you know being a teenager, and 
whatever, sitting on my bed listening to the record and just pouring through the, the CD jacket and stuff like that. And getting really ticked whenever you buy a record and there's nothing in the CD jacket. Right. You know? But, um, and I think it's, especially when you see a record, uh, uh, packages, like rival factions, it even makes me more frustrated about the fact that we're going more and more towards never having, uh, losing packaging. For, Sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that kind of evolution of... I mean, we're doing everything we can to resist that. I mean, right. the reason why we wanted to do, you know, a pretty involved package is to motivate people to retain some sort of, you know, concept of, of physical CD. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a losing battle. You know right. what I mean? But at least, you know, that 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 idea of having like the coded messages with the colors, yeah. all that. It's an idea I've had for a really long time. In fact, I don't even remember when you were a kid, but. Markers. Is it well? It's like you buy sometimes you buy like a GI Joe or whatever, and then give you a little piece of red film and they'd have like secret messages on the back of the package that you have to read. And stuff. Right. Yeah. That was where the idea that. came from. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. So I, uh, I had like a, a a real Ghostbusters um, booklet or something like that, and you put the red film. Exactly. There's like a ghost. Yeah. Hiding there. Or something <laughs> exactly. Like that. It was super cool. Yeah. That and that was the whole point of the thing, and, and uh, you know the the designer the layout did a good job kind of oh, yeah. exploiting that concept and stuff like there's certain songs you can't read the lyrics without holding on to the blue right. yeah. you know so uh, it was fun and uh, the, you know the finished package is very interesting you know stimulating to look at which oh, is yeah. cool you know and it's, it's different are you working on any new books I'm almost done with a new book really I say almost because <laughs> it's in quotes and you, that could could be a couple more months yeah. but uh, yeah I've been working pretty hard on something new it's definitely more spiritual, directly spiritual. I mean, scripture and God and, you know, a lot of personal, you know, experiences and stories and things. It'll read in a similar way to the It's All Downhill book. Um, I kind of am a little bit more schizophrenic about telling stories versus, you know, lists and, and the rants and blah, 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 blah. But it, it's definitely linear, you know. Um, and it's just, you know, about my take on God's personality and how he deals with us and the irony of that yeah. you know what I mean that sounds pretty broad but some specific things you know um, that I think that he does consistently in our lives that we miss and that if we thought about on a regular basis we'd probably change our approach to faith what, what inspires you most about to, to write like um, like let's say you're, you're getting to uh, working on your record or whatever, what will inspire you? Like, how do you prepare for that? Like, what inspires you the most to sit down and write a song about, like, lyrically or... You know? It's not... Oh, you know, I, I write a lot based on emotion, to tell you the truth. You know? And if I feel passionately about something or passionately disgusted about something, you know what I mean? That... It's just, honestly, you know, music is about emotion. You know, as much as you can con convey truth in words, you know, I want people to connect emotionally to the music and therefore I try to write from an emotional perspective so if I'm feeling strongly about something at the time or I've just gone through something that is great or horrible or whatever then I try to uh, you know I try to capture that in words and, and with my voice and the other guys with the instruments you know, in the times where I've been able to do that effectively those are the best songs that we've written you know it's all about emotion I have one last question I'm going to ask you. What was one of your worst airport experiences? It's been a lot. Yeah, I, um, think you guys I know last year when we were coming back from Germany, um, we had like three layovers. We had to go through customs three times. 
different countries and stuff. And they, uh, when we were traveling in Australia, we didn't have to do that because they would just ship the bags through. We didn't have to keep going through customs and picking up our bags when we were checking them on that. But for whatever reason, coming out of Germany and going into London and then in the United States, I guess that would only be what we'd have to you know, go through some sort of experience there three times. So. And uh, we went through every cliche in the book on that, from like you know, delayed flights to long layovers to running through, you know, the airport to meet the connection to you know, just annoying, you know. And of course, every single time we fly into Chicago is awful, especially in the winter. That's like the worst airport in the world. Yeah, yeah, avoid it. <laughs> well, American Airlines is going through all this trouble now, so I mean. But they, I don't know where their hub is, but I know Americans' hub is in Chicago. So every time you fly American anywhere, you have to go to Chicago. Um, that's quite a bit better than Chicago. Um, the best experiences are always the small airports. Oh yeah, flying into a small airport. It's more expensive, but so low hassle. You show up, nobody there. Throw your bags up. So get an egg McMuffin, <laughs> get on the plane, you're ready. 